0: Hello. Today's episode is with my new friend here in Austin, Colin Van Ert. Colin is a fitness and movement trainer and the founder of Grasshopper Fitness Nutrition Training. Uh, he's got an awesome movement philosophy that we talk about in this podcast. And uh, this this episode was kind of uh, a mandate in that we recorded it like outside chilling in Barn Springs. It's this uh, cold spring in Austin where people hang out and do things like yoga and swim and other hippie things. And uh, yeah, like I said, it was kind of a mandate because we just met and uh, we shared about our backgrounds with each other. I shared a little bit about my sex cult background. You shared about his capoeira background. We talked about movement philosophy and life philosophy and other fun things. And he's got an awesome little retreat coming up in Costa Rica. Information for that is in the show notes, um, but really cool guy. And uh, it was fun hanging out with him and having this great conversation. So Please enjoy episode 004, Colin Van Ert, My Friend, the Grasshopper. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Petrol Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. Cool. And away we go. All right. Sweet. We're in Barn Springs. We're hanging out. I know. It's great. I'm so glad to be here after this morning. Yeah, and it's cool to do a podcast in the outdoors, which I never would have considered as possible. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we're picking up the was that cicadas in the background.
1: Uh, yeah, those are yeah. cicadas. I hope we are because I love that sound. Yeah. Um, it's very cool here. I love coming here, especially after a morning like we had, um, after rolling around and doing some jujitsu. Yeah. It's great to come here, hop in the
0: springs and just veg out on a hot Texas day. Yeah, today actually was like the ideal Austin day because I just moved here mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to do jiu jitsu. Like, I knew like there was like a couple things in Austin before I got here barbecue, uh, my girlfriend, uh, jiu jitsu. I wanted to train on it before I came here and the, and Barton Springs and like kind of hit it all today. Yeah, man. That's sweet. <laughs> you hit it, man. This is the, yeah. this is the perfect Check, check, site. check. It's
1: not even four o'clock. How has it been? How has been the transition coming here to Texas?
0: Um,. It was cool. I feel like my first couple weeks here were just like grounding into the home. Like I didn't leave the house a whole lot, like too much to my girlfriend's annoyance. I was a hermit. Sure. Yeah, I didn't really want to meet anybody. I didn't really want to go out because I kind of, I was just, I built a bunch of furniture in my house. I set up my home office. I made that feel good. And then just like when I met you, what, a week ago? A week yeah, and a half ago? Maybe yeah. two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, that's when I first started, like, all right, now it's time for me to, like, check shit out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that
1: 100%. I think it's one of those things where whenever you travel, there's, like, certainly this readjustment period and, like, planting the roots a little bit and finding yeah. your base before you go out and, like, really extend your tentacles and try to meet people, get things going.
0: Yeah, because I actually, I, I moved here kind of by accident. I think I told you uh, I was planning on just being on the road, which I, I've always, like, idealized, like, looking at yeah, a suitcase. Yeah, But after a little bit, it was just like, this is really stressful because I don't know where I could get work done. (laughs) I don't want to record a podcast. I don't have like a home to go to. Like I'm always in a different place. So I needed a home base and that seems to make more sense. Austin's dope. I wish it was less hot. But I don't know. I don't want to complain about the weather. Well, I'll also say that you came (laughs) here like midsummer. Give it two months. Two months and
1: it's going to be beautiful and you're going to be like, I never want to leave this place. And then it'll be summer next year and you might want to leave again.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But there's also mad cool people here. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm um, glad I met you. I mean, it's just people who do the things I like to do. Exactly. It's just harder to find in New York. Yeah, which me at least, which is so. interesting
1: because New York definitely has everything, but it's all spaced out, and uh, it, I think there's pockets of it everywhere.
0: Yeah. And here, I think, yeah.
1: Here it's similar. Here there are their pockets, um, but those pockets are really close to each other.
0: Yeah. And I think also, like, in New York, I kind of, like, just, like, went along with wherever I was, and, like, I ended up in social circles that were cool, but, like... If I could redo it, I would have wanted to be more into like a martial arts scene and sure. like more hang out with entrepreneurs, like all, all my friends in New York, for the most part we're nine to fivers, which is cool, but our schedules just don't line up. Right. So like, yeah. It makes it difficult. Yeah. Uh, I would say that Austin's a great place for you then because it's like,
1: you know, I think as many circles as are available to you, they're available and two, you can make the conscious decision of like, what do I want my life to look like? Yeah. What I want it to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting that you are planning to move around and then you got caught up here in Austin right away.
0: Yeah. Uh, What was the plan before that? Well, the plan was, so I was going to move in with a friend who bought a condo in Brooklyn because I thought I was just going to be in Brooklyn forever. I love Brooklyn. I still love Brooklyn, but I went to Peru for the winter. And as soon as I got back, I was just like, as soon as I smelled like the New York air, I was just (laughs) like, no part of me wants to be here. Like, I feel like I'm going to like just die early. Uh, and, you know, and all the other stuff its expensive, whatever, like, commuting sucks, subway, whatever. Um, so I decided I was going to live out of a suitcase and then I was going to meet, I was just going to just like stop by a bunch of friends, places, chicks I was talking to, like, you know, see what happens. Kind of mm-hmm. just have, you know, a Pinocchio, Pleasure Island tour, of the country. but I headed off with my first visit host. Uh, yeah. She's now my girlfriend. So that kind of, Yeah. Ended the trip. I mean, that was. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah. Austin's a great place to live, man. I'm super stoked to be here, and uh, I think if I would have set up a uh, a multi part tour across the country, coming here first would have been hard. Yeah. To back it up with anything, we actually do that before when we were kind of moved down here because we wanted to visit
0: Austin and then visit our other second choice, which was Denver, because we have a bunch of people out there. Oh, cool. It's funny. My second stop was Denver. Oh, really? And I just I went, and then two days later I came back. Yeah, we
1: went. (laughs) Uh, we were here for four days, uh, about a year before we actually moved down, just to scope things out and see what the vibe was, and it was amazing. It was great. Yeah. And um, nothing against Denver, but we just went there and like I don't know, we were our, our eyes were already like all over Austin. Yeah. And we were just like totally in love with it already, so we knew it was going to happen.
0: So and you came here, you said without a job. So did you? Were you planning on building like a personal fitness thing beforehand? Or yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. essentially, I knew I was going to come down here and I was going to keep doing fitness because fitness is like really what i'm passionate about i like to i i think it's much deeper for me than simply getting people to like lose weight i think there's a lot to just mm-hmm. getting people to be in touch with their bodies and so it's something i wanted to continue p- to pursue and also create a life where i can continue to pursue that for myself so that was really important i didn't necessarily know like how it was going to go down if i was going to start um you know my own business if we I gonna work people for in Milwaukee. yeah i had a i had a whole clientele that i was working with i was working a lot of floor hours training and i was making a ton of money um and i was doing really well ultimately the only reason that i left was just because i like i don't know i'd been there too long milwaukee is a very small town in terms of just mentality it's Mm -hmm. a great place to be and i'm super fortunate for growing up there but um I knew it was time to get out. And, like, my girlfriend and I had already traveled. We'd seen different countries, different places around the world. Yeah. Just knew there was more out there. The idea of staying in the place that I grew up the rest of my life was
0: uh, something I just couldn't settle with. Yeah. That's how I felt about Brooklyn as yeah. much as I loved it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, we knew we were going to come down here. Didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, just assumed that it would. And uh, I've kind of had that approach with most all things in my life if i've loved what i've if i've done something from a place of wanting it and just like feeling some this genuine pull and attraction and it seems right i just go for it and assume that i'll figure it out later and uh so far i've landed on my
0: feet were there times because like yeah like i just, i see a lot of people with that ideal and then they show up to the new city and the first couple weeks suck and they don't pick up a client yeah Uh, did you go through that and how do you deal with that? Yeah, of course.
1: I mean, there were a bunch of ups and downs. There were a lot of times that I like got really discouraged, but, um, I just kind of know myself. I've been through a lot, uh, intentionally putting myself into it and sort of coming to this realization that I thrive under pressure. So Mm -hmm. with that mentality, um, it's easy for me to look at like difficulty and, um, obstacles, and I almost get a little more excited about it Sweet. in sense of like, okay, cool. This is my element. Like things are getting hard. This is where I, like my mind kicks on. This is where I get the wheels turning.
0: Yeah. He was talking about how it's like romantic that phase when you have a cardboard box as a dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. So
1: we had a, We had
0: that. Yeah. We had the cardboard box dinner table for like a long time. Yeah. I was just listening to a, a Dorian Yates a podcast for Dorian Yates was on. He was talking about when he first, when he first won uh, like – Mr. like Mr. UK or something, whatever mm-hmm. the bodybuilding thing is, he was still living, like, with no bed on the floor in a one-room studio yeah. and stuff. And, like, he looks back at that. And everyone looks back at Once you're rich, of course, you look yeah, back at your poor course. days with, like, romance. I mean, hopefully you don't stay there. Ideally. Well, I mean, I think that's a big part
1: of it. And I think – I mean, I love that, though. Like, yeah. uh, there's other times that I can look to similar situations. Like, I spent uh, two months training in Brazil uh, to learn capoeira and. I hadn't, like, going into that situation um, before I was living in another city in Brazil, and then my only thought was I was going to move to this one city where this group was, where this teacher was. I was going to train with them. Did you know you wanted to do capoeira before Brazil? Yeah, I had already been doing it for five or six years. So a big part of me going to Brazil in the first place was to kind of foster that and uh, give some more appreciation to it and, like, see it for real. Uh, so I went down there, and then I was going to this new city, and I knew people in the city. I knew the group, I knew the teacher, um, and I had some connections. And I basically kind of like asked like the people I knew if I could go down there, and if they they would set me up with a place to stay. And they're like, "Yeah, sure." So I'm living in this other city, and I don't know. It's like a month out, and I text my people, I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna go soon." Um, uh, who do I talk to? Nothing. And uh, it's like two weeks out. Yeah. Like, hey, just checking in. Like, moving in two weeks. Yeah. got my. Plane tickets, going to go to the city. Where am I going? Nothing. It was like four or five days before Uh I was supposed to go to this new city. And uh, my people that I uh, knew sent me the contact of this guy. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm coming. I'm going to live with you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like, all right, cool. Um, So I just messaged him through Facebook. I showed up one day. He gave me his address, and I showed up and, like, uh, got to his house and met him for the first time. I do speak Portuguese, um, which was interesting, too, because in this place, like I was the only I was only speaking Portuguese. So that was its own struggle. Um, Got there, showed up this guy's house. He had a very small house. It was essentially two rooms. One of them was his bedroom. This other room was like a kitchen kind of thing with Uh a microwave and like a mini fridge that was broken. And then he's like, hey, man, good to see you. Super happy that you're here. How long are you going to be here for like a week or two? I was like... uh, uh, two months, <laughs> you no know, idea. But it was totally on the fly. It worked out. The person was awesome. Uh, so you slept in the kitchen. I slept in a cot in his okay. bedroom. Okay, right next to his bed. It was a little awkward. Gotcha. But it was cool. Yeah. And that was another situation where I just like, I'll figure it out. It'll be cool. And I look back on it and like, was it great at the time? Sleeping on a couch and like, no friends being going like having difficulty getting around trying to do things no but i look back on it as like one of the best times of my life where it was super fulfilling and i just grew a lot as a person yeah and that simplicity and alone time is really great oh was fantastic oh, yeah. especially during the day because i was by myself all i do is wake up and train yeah. um i was studying portuguese at the time i was really adamant about increasing my language skills so spent a couple hours each day studying language uh, played my guitar that I bought down there and uh, the dude had this little dog who was like my little homie. His name was Sharifi. <laughs> Shout out to Sharifi who ran away oh, wherever no. you are in the world. Maybe if you hear this podcast. <laughs> He's can, probably having a good time. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully. Oh, that's uh, cool. How, is, how has it been for you since you first made um, your departure? What kind of trials and tribulations have you run into? From New York?
0: Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been too tough. I mean, like... I told you I moved in with my girlfriend right away. So that was like after the honeymoon period is kind of a shock of like, oh, shit. Like I moved in with someone who I met Mm -hmm. like two months ago or three months ago at this point. Like it was real fast. So that was just like making the decision, remaking the decision now, not like, you know, high on love drugs. Like, yeah, I do want to actually be here. Sure. Uh, Not just because, you know, I'm following wins. you know.
1: Yeah. It's like a from a logistical standpoint.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of things like, you know her kid and, like, living in a house and, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to just bounce around from city to city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, like – but other than that, like, logistically, it wasn't that difficult because I, I knew enough people here uh, and I knew enough about Austin that I could just, like, come here and, like, be here. Yeah. And, like, you know, I work online now, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah
1: and have you had your um, online coaching business, your um, – what would you call it, life coaching?
0: Life coaching, at- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, life coaching and I have some online courses – yeah. And that, that was all set up before you were able to leave? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I've been doing that for like almost five years now. I kind of took a pause and went through a phase where I was driving Uber and like just being a simple person. Sure. Uh, and that that I think I needed because I was kind of going in a weird direction, and then I needed to get ground. And then like, yeah, like a year ago, I got back into it, and it's been pretty cool. good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk to you about that because that is something that's really relevant to me and mm-hmm. kind of in a direction I've always thought about going. What was your trajectory in terms of getting to life coaching?
0: Um, So, I guess like seven years ago, wait, what is it? No, six years ago, I got laid off from my last real job in New York. You know, I was freaking out because I had like an expensive apartment and all that shit. And I was like a year out of college. And then uh, I spent a year on unemployment trying to figure out what to do. I was just like, I made it, I made like the very idealistic decision. I wasn't going to go back to corporate, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> like I tried blogging, but it was like, how, do, how the fuck do you make money blogging? Sure. Like I had like a kind of cool site where me and my friend who's a, a woman, we were trying to teach pickup advice or break down pickup advice for women, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, but like, I didn't know how to make money at it. Like, yeah, sure. It's um, a hard thing to monetize. And then uh, a friend of mine who also got laid off with me from the marketing firm started a social media management company. So I went on to like be a sales guy. Um, we didn't, we made no money for six months. I was still in unemployment. And then at a random party, I met this guy and closed like a huge contract for us. But two days before then my part or like my boss partner quit. Mm-hmm. So I had this company, I was the only person left oh, the company, yeah. <laughs> and I, we got this huge contract and like, I didn't know what to do. So I got, I hired college kids to do the work for me. So I had like kind of a four hour work week thing going on for oh, a while, which was dope. And then, um, and then I was just like, kind of just like hanging out in the city doing nothing. Yeah. You know, like just you know, um, and then I started working for this company, One Taste. it's taught about sexuality, and then, and then I became a coach for them, and that's how I got into coaching. Got it. So and then I was- left two years later. So, that was the birth of your coaching. Yeah. Before then, during the time I was doing nothing, I was, like, writing a lot about personal development. Uh-huh. And I loved it, but I, I also didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. As, I mean, was that always something that was your own pursuit? Yeah. Like, uh, since, like, 15, I was really, like, depressed in high school. And then, like, reading, like, psych- self-help books helped myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. As they promise, <laughs> And I became kind of, ex- uh, you know, obsessed with it. And then, yeah, I just wanted to start. Actually, you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? yeah sometimes yeah so like uh that the barney character has a blog where he types about like all the, like his exploits and stuff yeah. so i started doing that in college and some some friends and kids in school started following that so i loved i just that's when i got into writing as an adult yeah it's, yeah. it's
1: really interesting when you put things out there yeah and get any
0: response yeah
1: you trying to throw it out into the sea and kind of like wonder what's going to happen i remember when i made my first blog post on my new website and uh are we going to look at this? Yeah. And then uh, somehow it got its way over to a friend of a friend of a friend in London. And it's like, holy shit. This like overnight. Just like hopped the
0: pond. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was really cool and very encouraging. Yeah, it's weird when people from around the world find your stuff. But yeah. the internet, like, you know. Yeah, there is no around the world. With the internet. Yeah. When I started uh, blogging in college, this was before Facebook likes. There's only comments. And oh. I think, I mean, it's kind of weird to just comment on something. So I would post them yeah. on Facebook and get no comments. So it's like, oh, no one read it. Right. And that kind of gave me the confidence to keep posting it because like, I figured no one was going to read it. Yeah. But but really, like, everyone wrote it, read it. <laughs> and then, like I was posting like things about people in my school, assuming no one read it. Oh, man. Which was, like, dumb of me in retrospect. Did you get in trouble with that? Yeah, some people got mad at me. Yeah. I was like, whatever, I was sharing my true opinion. <laughs> but yeah. I think that gave me the balls to just tell the truth about people uh, later. Because I thought no one could see it. It's yeah. kind of a weird way to get confidence, but... <laughs> yeah, it's a little backwards way of like, yeah.
1: <laughs> just saying what you want without any uh, repercussion until later you realize that you had repercussion,
0: it just didn't matter. Yeah. So, so now, yeah, now I just know that like, the better, the stuff that pisses people off is actually the better stuff. Like, it's the more true stuff. Well, it's provocative, for yeah. sure. And, you know, even just pro- provoking people, it's like, valuable. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of like um, like writers from the '50s and '60s. A lot of those like real macho, like Hemingway type people, mm-hmm. and it's real interesting how they lived and how like one how writers were idealized before the internet. Like now, who gives a shit? You can't you can name J.K. Rowling and who else? Like right, yeah. But like it's real interesting, like how they all had this attitude of like you're like a fighter, like you're a boxer, like, yeah. You're, you're you're punching people with your words, like yeah, they're badasses, yeah, and very
1: much like. You know, the classic ones that we think of. I don't, I haven't read a lot of um, the officers we're talking about, just, but just knowing their stories, like very much like existentialists, like they're yeah. gonna poke and see what happens and like really play with the world around them.
0: Yeah, a lot of them went to war, like just to see what war was like. You mm-hmm. know, like that's, I'm still curious about what war is like. Not that I, I mean, you know. yeah. Curious, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I have some certain fantasies in it. You got a fan coming your way. Oh. Hi, Rozzy. Hey, Rosie. Rozzy. Rosie's a child for <laughs> everyone listening. Yeah. Want to sit down and be on our podcast? You want to say hello to some people? All right. I don't can
1: think
0: hang. so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rosie, How are you? We're talking to people in the future. All right. You don't want to mess with that. Don't much. touch that. Yeah.
1: um so you got involved with one taste, um yeah,
0: what was that experience like um so I was in a place where I was reading a lot of books about like so I was very anti I was getting mad at the system, I was getting mad at like the man I was like, why do I have to work why do have to pay rent I was in that whatever maybe I was an entitled millennial, I don't know, I just felt like I was who I was and I didn't, I just wanted to be free and do what I wanted. Maybe you're just a young person. Yeah. (laughs) So I was reading books like Sex at Dawn and like other books that like, were like, Hey, as a society, we kind of fucked up and just like are going away from who we, I was reading the primal blueprint. Like that's when it became a thing. It's like those two books had a huge impact on me because they both talked about how humans were before agriculture and how like we connected and how like sexuality was and how food was and how we exercised. And I'm like, wow! I'm doing none of this living in New York. <laughs> so I was trying. To, I was like daydreaming a lot about like what it would be like to live in a utopia where everyone is connected, everyone is like f- like free and open with each other. We all share shit. It's egalitarian. And then I came across a cult, <laughs> which, <Yeah. laughs> is, which was that basically. And like you know, they were a personal development company up front, but if you Google them, the third thing that popped up was cult. So I knew mm-hmm. what I was getting into. Sure, but it also seemed like the alternative reality that I always wanted to be in. Yeah, um, which was like. Fuck yeah. I mean, this is better than doing mushrooms every day. Like, let me just, like, join this call. And I'm sure happens. I'm sure
1: there was some, like, welcoming, like, just whatever kind of, whatever lied on the other side of that door.
0: Yeah, I wrote this post about it recently about how in that world, everything that I was afraid to say and express, they cherished, Which is kind of like a manipulation tactic. Like, yeah, absolutely. they validate whatever you say so you feel good, especially if you're insecure like I was. But it's what I needed. Like, I needed, like, you know. It's the thing that we all needed from our parents and needed from our upbringing that most of us don't get, you know, to different degrees. So I just felt like, oh, I could be myself. I could could say, ask for what I want. I could say weird shit. I could, like... You know, and then it just made me feel powerful for the first time. So I was like, "Fuck it! Even if it is a cult, I'm going to try this thing." Yeah,
1: well, it truly is empowering. Yeah. So let's talk about one taste. What is yeah. it that they do? Like, how
0: do they work with people in um, terms of like they got? They're under the guise of self development, but yeah, uh, what are, what practices do they have? Uh, well, their main thing is orgasmic meditation, which is a, which is a legit practice where a man strokes a woman's clitoris for mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, the man's, the woman's benefits, her body opens up. She learns to feel her body and sensitize her pleasure centers, yeah. which is cool for her, for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and then for the man, it's like, you learn to tune into a woman's body and develop your intuition, which is also cool. I didn't really get it at first. I was into it because Tim Ferriss wrote about it in the four hour body. It's just like 15 minute orgasm. Sure. Whatever. But I was really sucked in by the community. Sure. Um, and how, um, it was this utopia where everyone like loves you. Yeah. Like, Even though, you know, it's, uh, you know, love in quotes, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, so that was their thing. And then all their classes are, like, centered around orgasm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So it was effective. Yeah, it's, like, an effective tool. Um, Their intro class is, like, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And then you get a lot of benefit from from it legitimately. But then everything they sell you afterwards is, like, super expensive. And people go into debt and stuff like that. That's intense. Is that it's it's just one of those things where, essentially,
1: like, you buy in and then you're bought in and then... It just keeps going further and further down the rabbit hole, they keep probably see more?
0: Yeah, it's like they show you they, they they validate you a lot so like you feel your power. Yeah. But then to keep feeling it you need to keep buying in. So it's either by you buying with money, or if you're out of money, you start working for them, or if you're you know, they they get you to pay for what you're getting, basically. Yeah, sure. Uh, which is yourself. What so who
1: was it I mean, who was that for? Like who was coming to one taste and who was doing this practice
0: and who was helping? Um, it was a lot of people like me. There's two categories of people. There was like young people who were kind of directionless, like seeker, bohemian type people. Mm -hmm. And then there were like older people who had a lot of money and like felt like sexually repressed or like they needed something new in their life. So like the young people with who had no money ended up working for them and the old people ended up paying for everything. So like they got resources that way. And then while you were in it, could you kind of see,
1: were you aware of the cultish thing or did you get sucked in a little bit?
0: Um I, I mean, I Googled it and there's a bunch of reports about it. And I was like, oh, I took like, I took power influence as like a uh, psychology class in college. Like I could see all this shit. Like I'm too smart for this. Sure. But like, but it really is like looking at LSD and being like, I know what LSD is like. So it's not going <laughs> to affect me. That's stupid. Like the manipulation tactics work, even if you know what's happening. So like, I'd be like, oh, they're using reciprocation on me, but I would still do what they want, right. you know um i mean yeah that's the thing
1: about influence and persuasion is that it's all it's all subconscious like i can't yeah. tell you that i'm manipulating you that i'm persuading you right now and you can acknowledge it but there's still like underneath the surface there's part of it that's being affected by it
0: yeah and honestly that's what sucked me in too like i love that it seems so badass to me sure like there's like all these like like i love mind fucking like i love the idea <laughs> the, the topic of mind control yeah. is so interesting to me so i wanted to like be in it you know um but yeah, like I did have some shell shock. I moved into the residence, they have like an urban commune in New mm-hmm. York. They had one at the time. Um, and it was like shit, like they're controlling my whole schedule. And like this is kinda of freaky. But it was also fun. So like it was like summer camp. I was twenty four and there was like all these women around, I was one of the few guys there. Uh-huh. so it was like it was fucking paradise. Like it yeah, <laughs> was like of course. it was great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I learned a lot there, and I'm grateful for the experience. Yeah, where, sure. You know, I still, you know, I call cool. it what it is. When did you move away from it? Um, at the end of 2014, uh, I was I was moving up in like not, they didn't have like official ranks, but I was moving deeper and deeper, and like taking leadership positions. But, like, to go to the next level, I had to commit more. Yeah. So, like, I didn't have any more money to give. So it was like, you can you have to, like, commit more of your life. Mm-hmm. And I basically it was just like, no. <laughs> like, I want to live my own. I don't want to spend my whole life doing this. Uh, and then they pushed me out. Like, if you say no, if they can't get you, they excommunicate you. That's interesting. Because that's bad for the reality. If there's, like, someone who who dissents, it fucks with everyone else's mind control. Yeah, So totally. they have to push you out of the group. Yeah. So, like... Basically, once I was, like, not in anymore, they made everyone see me as evil. And then none of my friends liked me anymore, so it's like, well, shit, now I got to leave. Did you feel really ostracized? Definitely. That was, like, super painful. Like, I'm embarrassed to, like, say how much I was hurt by it, but it was just, like, I lived with these people. I told them my secrets. These were my best friends. You know, I had my own little cult house, and, like, these were my followers, like, uh, and they all hated me all of a sudden, like, overnight. I was just like, shit
1: yeah yeah i mean no reason to feel embarrassed about that that's a doesn't matter who you are what you do that's terrible to have the people yeah. that you or your community just all of a sudden um completely reject
0: you yeah but now they think about it like shit like that happens in middle school all the time mostly yeah. with girls but like, sure yeah i remember being in middle school one day i like i mean i was kind of between
1: two friend groups and one day i like sat at the other <laughs> at the other table at lunch and it was like Huge. <laughs> yeah, it's like sitting at the wrong table in prison. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: It was shanked. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I switched gangs. Yeah. And it was a big drama for a bunch of 12, years old, 12 yeah. year old kids. But it imp-
0: impacts you. Like, people have trauma from middle school over stupid I mean, I, shit. I mean, yeah. I still remember it. It's still yeah. a poignant thing in my life. I mean, yeah.
1: super, I mean, everything's relative to where you're at, what, what your life is doing, and where you are in time and space. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting uh, just to see. How you went through that? Because you originally thought
0: about doing it um, with the intention of turning it into a writing project. Uh, Yeah, there's different layers to it. Like, one, I genuinely wanted that kind of growth. Like, I was yeah. kind of, like, just, like, directionless. I just stopped doing hard drugs, so I didn't really know what to do. I had, like, this void in my life. Um, but I also was, like, I started writing an erotica novel because I was trying to get on the Fifty Shades bandwagon. This is uh-huh. 2012. Yeah. Um. And I didn't have any material, so I was like, "Oh, if I if I learn some sex stuff, I'll have a good book to write." Yeah. Uh, but then, I'm, then my book now is going to be a memoir. It's about my experience, not like sex tips. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got a lot out of it. I'm still like reaping the rewards. Interesting, but yeah, definitely. I spent a lot of money. I got a little fucked up. You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think people can say that for a lot of things. Yeah, so. I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess like any like party phase in your life is the same
1: thing. Yeah, are you party you know? phase, man. I think mean, people just. Their lives follow different trends, and like yeah. I mean, shit, man. People that go down the jujitsu rabbit hole, they got yeah. they got five different keys. They went to all the seminars. They're yeah. a little fucked up from it. They're a little yeah. obsessive.
0: Their necks don't work the right way anymore. Yeah, even grad school. If you think about it, that's exactly it. You spend a lot of time and a lot of money, and you miss out on some things. Yeah, that's just whatever you choose to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your coaching business like now? Uh, it's uh, I have a couple clients. I'm like I'm always. Yeah, I have a couple clients. I, I'm trying to meet people through the internet now because I'm mobile. When I started, I was doing everything in person, like mm-hmm. meeting people in person, coaching in person. But, um, yeah, now I do it all online. Uh, and, like, I don't really have a method without people find me. I think the only thing I've learned is if you put out good stuff on, online, people will reach out to you. And yeah. you help them the best they can, and some of them will hire you. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So you don't really have much much method to your madness. Now, the, the book, The Prosperous Coach, helped my enrollment style. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's working for me anymore. I don't really... It wasn't meant for, like, online enrollment. It's yeah. like, you meet someone, you give them a bunch of free coaching, you really help them, you try to change their life, and then you ask for money. So, like, then it, it takes away, like, the sales pressure. You don't have to convince them of what you're going to do. You already serve them. So, yeah. I love that. But um, with, intern, with internet stuff, giving people free sessions, I notice I'm giving a lot of free coaching away because mm-hmm. I think there's just people on the online who want free shit and it's not gonna hire yeah you, so yeah there's a lot of people
1: online that want free shit but really man i think it's just the fact that there's so many people online you forget that anytime you give away free stuff it's always good just like give away good things to people and it all comes back like yeah. to, to one degree or X and like one form of energy or another like that's what i've found and the more that i put myself out there the more i'm reminded of like beyond worrying about what i'm getting out of it i just should put things out there because as yeah. i do that then I get things that I didn't even expect, and they're better than what I wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like podcasting, too, because it's free. (laughs) Yeah. It's free, and, like, you know, it's not like we're not trying to force information into anyone. It's just people will think about what they think about. And Mm -hmm. I I, I think I learn more from listening to podcasts like this than, like, anything else.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this has been, like, my preferred form of medium since, like, I don't know, since I was, like, 18, 19. Really? Yeah, I fell in the deep... I fell in deep with podcasting
0: 27 cool yeah I just started listening to podcasts recently maybe a year year and a half ago Joe Rogan's show is my favorite I really like Chris Ryan's show Tangentially Speaking Uh Uh, there's a couple others I listen to oh actually my favorite is Hardcore History oh yeah but he only puts out an episode every like month right but it's like a five hour episode yeah (laughs) you're you're in it for a few days I just listened to the one on Persia recently oh yeah my goodness that was so cool they're great and it's great. I love, like, that you don't have to use your eyes because we mm-hmm. stare at screens so much. Yeah. Like, you can work out while listening to a podcast. You can stretch. Sure. Walk well, I, around.
1: I think uh, people got to figure out the ways that they absorb information the best. Like, I've come to the realization or just accepted recently how much, like, I always listen to digital audio because it's so useful and, like, I'm always doing things. I, it's very hard for me to sit still and absorb yeah. information. So, when I can do it, biking on the go or if its podcasts, I've just recently um, gotten into audiobooks. Got a library card. Everyone listening, get a fucking library card. It's free. It's free. And you get. Yeah, and they all have all the books that, I mean, they have a lot
0: of the books that are in bookstores. Yeah.
1: Yeah. After I got my library card and I realized how much, in, like how much all the books that I had wanted to listen to or read or whatever for uh-huh. the longest time are immediately available to me for free, <laughs> I felt like an idiot. So I'm really big on that library card right now. But uh, just been listening to a lot of audio. And I mean, shit, since I got that thing a month ago, I've already gotten into like three books that I've Sweet wanted to listen to. And I listen to them better because if my mind is a little bit distracted, if I have like 10% of the distraction that I need, I can absorb information really, really well. Hmm. And that's just something I realize about myself. I think that's something that people need to realize about themselves. is like, maybe you are the type that needs to sit down and read a
0: book and you just need like quiet space or time.
1: Cool. Yeah, I but still
0: love reading. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, th- I love reading hard books because it forces you to be in the moment with a physical object. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like when you're reading, all you're doing is reading. Like yeah. sometimes I stretch while I read, but like most, you're basically just with the book. Yeah, podcast could do shit. Yep. Yeah, and I appreciate that, especially for the type of lifestyle
1: that uh, people live these days. Yeah. Because there's so much information out there, and it's just really hard to get all the stuff that you want, or you know, could potentially consume if you have to chunk out time. But, um, I mean, podcasting has been great. It's been like, it's turned me on to so many things and like, it brings cooler, like, I think what's great about podcasting is the fact that, I mean, we're just having a conversation right now. Yeah. You know, this is like how Ruan and Colin talk (laughs) and it's like, you can get to know us a little bit. You can have these people in your life all of a sudden. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Actually, when I'm listening to a conversational podcast, like in the car or something, Every, if there's a good conversation, every few minutes I'll hit pause and then in the car I'll say what I would say (laughs) if I was in the room with them because like you're listening to a conversation, you have shit to say. Yeah. And then I'm just like, shit. I'm just like, you're like, guys, guys, (laughs) one second, one second, let me (laughs) chime in here. (laughs) Yeah, I've had like imaginary conversations with a lot of people I listen to. Like it's like embarrassing how many conversations I've had in my head. With, like, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if I ever met the guy, I'd kind of be like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Talk to you in my head. That's, <laughs> that's, weird. All, that's all, <laughs> My
1: old friend, Joe, how are you? <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel, man, because I've listened to Joe Rogan since... That was the first podcast I got into when I was 18 or 19, and uh, I feel fucking fortunate to be able to listen to somebody like that who's lived a lot and uh, has come through and is, like, a very level-headed person as he approaches things, and uh, it's a cool voice to have in your head because... You know, thinking about growing up otherwise, you're just kind of at the mercy of the people around you. And if Mm -hmm. the people around you aren't that cool, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Because they're going to influence you in one way or another. Yeah. Um, Their thoughts are what you think about. So it's cool to have that. It's cool to have access to that and be able to
0: share and like choose the communities, choose the conversations that you're partaking in. Yeah. That was one thing with social circles in like New York and other places have been like, uh, it sucks when you have people in your life that you love that you know are like messing with your head or like yeah. you're not they're like you know so like that was a hard thing for me for a long time to reconcile just like there's some people i shouldn't hang out with for my well-being mm-hmm. yeah but i think that's one realization
1: a lot of people need to have and uh it's i don't know part of growing up part of growing up and like yeah. not <laughs> everyone does it yeah that's the thing Is like some people kind of they don't I think people really need to be very selective about their input. And, like, if people are really shitty, uh, don't let them have that much influence
0: on you. Yeah. Yeah, because our sense of reality is so malleable, as I've learned being brainwashed. Like, (laughs) it's really easy. Like, if, like, the people you hang out with believe in something, even if you think they're idiots, it's going to warp your sense of reality. Yeah. Like even if even if you think everything they say is bullshit, it's you can't help it affecting you. That's just yeah. what happens. It's just what yeah.
1: you're looking at. If you're looking at their bullshit, like regardless of if you're looking at it from a logical lens, you're still looking at this warped thing. Yeah. Like your thoughts are going to be warped yeah. around it. I uh, I think moving and traveling is super important in mm-hmm. that regard too. Just exposure and a lot of different ideas coming at you. Uh, coming down to Austin, meeting so many cool people, like hanging out at the Springs now. I've met yeah. so many people here that are just like awesome. They got the same mentality there. They've traveled here. They've moved here consciously and it's, it's very
0: interesting to get exposure to new people. Yeah. It's fun being a transplant because in New York, all I would meet is transplants, but I was a New Yorker. Yeah. So not, now I'm a transplant. Yeah. You, you got my trans- own story. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: being a transplant is cool, man. I like, I think people need to move and change direction and. Uh, reinvent themselves many times over. Yeah. I think it's super important.
0: So you think you'll have a a next phase outside of Austin?
1: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I'm already trying to figure out what that is. It's not for a long time coming. I'm very happy here. It's fertile soil here, Mm -hmm. right? You can can grow a good garden and you can build a lot of things. And the people in the community that I've been looking for are all here. So uh, I don't need to go anywhere just yet. Yeah. I do... um, have like some serious wanderlust right now, and I just want to go travel. I feel like I haven't experienced a lot of cultures. Austin's like a very, it's it's very eclectic ideas, but it's still like a bunch of white people, yeah, hanging out and doing white people things. Kind of want to go hop yeah. down to South America or something like that, and just get a change. Because I think uh, if you're not traveling, you should definitely consider it, and definitely consider it doing it for long term, because it'll get you out of your box. And at the same time, uh, it's just you're switching on a different part of your brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that's gonna affect your sense of reality too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well that's my
1: big thing. I love travel for the sake of it's it's almost like it's like a flow hack, you know? Like yeah. when you're there, you're waking up parts of your brain that go dormant just because you're so much more in tune with the subtle variations around you, the subtle differences to the life that you normally live. Um yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really powerful. And I, I know that personally I've changed a lot just from being exposed to that, like my personality, who like what I believe, um, and all for the better too. So uh, I look to maintain travel a part of my life, but I'm pretty happy here in Austin for now yeah. to be working on things.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know where, what I'm going to do. I'm definitely going to travel a lot in the near future, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've already planned stuff. You plan on going anywhere?
1: In the near future? Uh, yeah, well, uh, we got a project that we're working on, my friend. and uh, Oh, yeah, you're going to Costa Rica. Going to Costa yeah. Rica. We have got this awesome uh, adventure fitness retreat that we're putting together. It's That's just be- not like a yoga retreat? No, there's okay. going to be some aspects of yoga. I have an amazing yoga instructor with me, but what's great about her is that like she just sees yoga as one tool. She's mm-hmm. done it all her life, and she's had um, – a relationship with it where she can kind of step away and realize what it is and what it's not mm-hmm. uh, she's also an amazing trainer she's into acrobatics she does uh functional strength training she's very big on the mindfulness piece so while we're there uh we're going to be doing a little bit of yoga and like giving it to people in terms of what it's useful for but then it's going to be us showing people how to get out in nature train if like naturally intuitively um, just in their environment around them. We're going to teach them the basics of uh, a training term called general physical preparedness. And this is the idea of, like, expanding all capacities of your fitness and just becoming a more capable human being. Um, and then we're just going to try to expose people to some cool beach culture in Costa Rica. And cool. we're gonna Have take you been down this- there?
0: No. Okay. Just, you're you're going to be learning it while you're... Yeah,
1: well, we're going to go down there beforehand to okay. hang out, check the scene. We've got... Um, uh, the person who runs the resort that is working with us down there and he's going to, um, set everything up for us. Uh, so we'll go down there beforehand, scope everything out. Uh, our other instructor has been in Costa Rica. Another instructor has been in Costa Rica. It will be my first time down there.
0: Cool. I'm super stoked. Sweet. Yeah. I, uh, a long time ago I got in with a bunch of people who invested in some land in Costa Rica, but we never did anything with it. Like, <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, not a lot. It was like sure. I put in a couple hundred bucks, I think. But, like, yeah, yeah so we were planning on building a resort there. Like, this is, like, four years ago now. But. Did you go down there? Nope. <laughs> you never <changed> it out? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I honestly, I was just broke and didn't. Like, sure. And then I did the project halted, and it's still there. We leveled the ground. That's what we paid for. Uh, and then... There's yeah. like a, if you find a, it's flat just like a patch plot. of ground yeah, in it's Costa a flat, Rica. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the Ruan is to thank. Yeah. Uh, where else have you traveled to? Um, I was just in Peru. Uh, I did a study abroad in college in Asia, so I've been in a bunch of Asian countries. Mm-hmm. And my parents, my mom's from the Philippines, so I've been okay. there a bunch. We uh, yeah, have Thailand, Indonesia, uh, I've been to Iceland. But I, I want to go back to South, I love Peru. I want to go back there. You were there in our winter, so it was summer down there? uh or was it the opposite? Yeah, I guess it's the summer. Mm-hmm. It's out up in the mountains so it was like it was a little chilly yeah uh, it was super dope down there and uh, I'm going to Sri Lanka where my dad's from in October for the first time since I was ten and I like my my youngest cousin's getting married. I'm just like, if I don't go to this wedding, I'm never gonna go there again yeah. I don't I'm not connected I don't speak the language like so I'm like right, I have to go uh, it's like not super convenient for me, but like it's my last connection
1: to sure. my family uh do you remember what it's like there at all
0: yeah i remember loving it i mean i was a little kid when mm-hmm. i was there like i spent the entire time like on my grandpa's property just looking at like they had like enormous bugs oh and, really and i like i always really loved bugs when i was little so <laughs> i like spend the entire day following bugs around maybe they weren't even that big i was a little kid so maybe i just remember them man you should get out to west texas yeah Got some big bugs yeah in the desert i've driven through the desert there once i loved it it's really cool yeah um, like, especially, we went down to Big Bend last year. Okay. Uh,
1: which is a huge national park right on the border. Okay. Is and there, there's a
0: giant cold spring there?
1: Uh, hot springs. There oh, are some hot, hot springs, hot springs okay. there. Um, it's right on the Rio Grande. And then there's, it's on the Rio Grande, but at the same time you have, like, the Chisos Mountains and everything mm-hmm. that are there. So you have huge elevation. and Sweet. Cool. Lots of wildlife. We went down there. My girlfriend almost got killed by a mountain lion. Really? Yeah. Like, Damn. uh, we were doing a hike and... We turned the corner, and basically, she was ahead of us. She turned the corner, started freaking out, like totally frozen. I didn't know what was going on, and then there was a mountain lion, like six feet from her. Whoa. Just totally chilling. Didn't give a damn about oh, okay. us. So it was all right. <laughs> kind of just sauntered off and was like, oh, fuck you guys. Yeah, I was going to say, if, like, if it wasn't chilling, how did you guys get out of there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started yelling at it and trying to scare it away, and it kind of just like shook its head and was whatever, bitch. <laughs> oh, how big, big are they? Uh, this one was a smaller one, so um i don't know head to tail like five feet or like okay let's say like his tail it's a long tail right so like let's say like head to butt it's like yeah oh, okay. like three and a half four feet okay I so i always imagine them being bigger that's uh that's like they are okay. that was an adolescent one gotcha okay yeah uh the big ones are big yeah they're like <laughs> they're terrifying <laughs> we told the rangers about it and they were completely shocked because seeing mm-hmm. them are super rare uh, they only have, they only have about 150 sightings a year, which huh. sounds a lot relative to how many days there are, but it's very little relative to the fact that they have like 400,000
0: visitors oh, huh. in a year. So that was just like a punk ass kid mountain lion. Yeah. Hanging out on the human side. Yeah. He snuck away from home for yeah. the night, smoked some cigarettes <laughs> and was doing his thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff for me to check out. We've been going on these little day trips like to, Peternalis and, sure. uh, and, uh, we went to Lake Travis yesterday. That was cool. Sweet. It's just like a little, it's kind of like a hick beach. <laughs> like all the pickup trucks pull up against the lake and then you just jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Was like, cool.
1: Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I think uh, Austin is cool, man. There's a big hit, bohemian hippie vibe here and yeah. it offsets like your traditional Texas stereo, stereotypical um, mindset, what you would think of in that. So it's cool. But I, I we had a lot of thoughts about like, oh, maybe we'll go West Coast, maybe we'll go Colorado or... Um, California and I love Texas just because it has its own character like, yeah it's very distinctly like southern um, southern values granted yeah. I don't want to live outside of Austin
0: yeah but I like that everything outside of Austin exists near Austin like barbecue and like guns and shit yeah. it's just like cool and that's
1: know. totally in Austin and a part of it too like uh-huh. there
0: is this crazy mixture of
1: all different walks of life here and I appreciate yeah. that a lot Very happy to have that. I'm glad that we
0: made the switch down here. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. I guess just like a critical mass of hippies came down here and then everyone else came.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it was in in tune or in touch with uh, the university. Oh, right. UT and a bunch of the professors and like the hippie movement back in the 70s. Um, And then maybe it was just like um, the Oasis where like if you wanted to get your freak on, you moved to Austin. Yeah. I, I don't know. But uh, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I've thought about like what if you like intentionally gentrify like a really poor city. Just get like 150 of your really cool friends. Y'all move in, you know, and then soon like all the cafes or whatever you want will just pop up to serve you. And then, boom, you create a paradise. Uh, I mean, it would suck for everyone who already lived there. (laughs) Or maybe they'll give them jobs. I don't know. know, Yeah, maybe you're just going to
1: like assimilate and create something new, bring some money, create a new economy. No, but the uh, the other thing too is like for me personally the fitness scene here is uh, oh yeah booming uh, I love how
0: healthy people are here yeah everyone's in good shape yeah I guess if you're in bad shape you just don't go outside because maybe you feel bad <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe they're ashamed to being indoors
1: uh, yeah. I remember going back home to Milwaukee and just spending some time in the Midwest and we went out to bars and just seeing like people and I was like I mean not in a super judgmental or condescending way I'm like oh man people are really
0: like out of shape here yeah. I haven't seen the light of day in a while. Yeah. The weirdness is something, I mean, Austin has, like, a lot of my kind of people, but when I first got here, I was a little shocked and, like, upset that I wasn't unique anymore. Oh, yeah. Because, like, in New York, I'll be the only one, like, me and Harrison, our regional yeah. friend, we'll be the only ones, like, in the park with our gymnastics rings up right? doing shit. But here, everyone's doing Like, this acro yoga going on everywhere right yeah, now. Like, totally. Yeah, totally. I had that same issue moving down here, whereas I was in Milwaukee, I was doing capoeira, yeah.
1: And uh, I'm I was like doing gymnastic strength training and handstands and all this flowy stuff. I was running around the city doing parkour, and I was very much like on the outside, yeah. doing a bunch of things that a lot of people weren't doing. So you feel like you have this cool identity that you can cling to. Come down here, and everyone has a cool identity. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I realized after I've been here for a while, like my identity is still intact. I'm still kind of weird. Yeah. Relative to what other people have going on, but uh, it's cool. There's a bunch of weirdos. Yeah.
0: It's nice. Uh, yeah. It's like. It's not fun to be a big fish in a little pond forever. Yeah. So now there's a bunch of big fish to hang out. A lot on of with. weird fish here.
1: A lot of weird fish. <laughs> Lots of colorful scales. Yeah. Um, what do you like to do when you're training, man?
0: Uh, like physically? Yeah. Training? Uh, I don't really have a regimen. Uh, it's been a while since I've played like a sport that I actually train for. hmm But um, I have my I basically do like the grease screw groove type stuff like. Sure. At my my house, I have the gymnastics rings up and I have a sledgehammer. And basically in between phone calls when I'm bored, I'm like doing a skin the cat or I'm playing with the hammer or something, you know. And that's basically it. Sure. (laughs) And then I started doing jujitsu recently and that's about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's ideal, man. That's perfect. Uh, It's just about like a little bit of movement. And honestly, like as Pavel will say, it's like all about um, strength is a skill. Yeah, you know, like approaching those movements not as a standpoint of having to do so many sets and reps and speed and time,
0: but just like just moving, getting better at it slowly. Yeah. The biggest thing, actually, and this is a kind of fitness question for you. Whatever this muscle yeah. is, uh, oh, is there a name for this? Uh, I think that's probably we're looking at your brachialis muscle. Yeah, yeah. This like this muscle that wraps around your elbow inside your elbow mm. uh everything i do that's skill ish like gymnastics rings or like mace type stuff yeah uh, this always fatigues immediately and then i can't like go as much as i want do you get um a lot of pain there i do get pain yeah, yeah i would
1: say maybe you need to just like slow down a little bit and yeah. do a little bit more conditioning for your elbow there's like some straight arm exercise that you can do okay without because like what happens is like we get into these body weight movements and Generally, we're probably pretty strong, at least from the standpoint of our musculature and like specifically the muscles themselves. But Maybe our tendons and ligaments are not that strong. So you kind of – they take a much longer time to condition. Yeah. And so once you can do that, then you can do all that stuff. You don't experience pain. I did the same thing where I got like muscle-ups pretty fast. So I just want to do muscle-ups all the time. Turns out that my joints in my my elbow
0: and my wrist and my ligaments and my tendons, they weren't ready for it. Yeah, I heard, like, like, it takes 90 days to regrow muscle, but 210 for yeah. tissue. the mm-hmm. tissue. That's a bummer. It is lame. Because then what do you do? It's just like... You just go yeah. slow. You just yeah. always work on progressions. Even to this
1: day, like, after hurting myself, I realized that uh, the thing that I need to focus on most is I always go back to the progression first. I don't even spend a lot of time doing the complicated movements that much anymore. Mm-hmm. I mostly just focus on the progression, and then when I feel good, I'll do, I'll, like, tried something new and generally so what's the progression make.
0: what do you mean by progression
1: um so like the steps leading up to it so for instance like uh for a muscle up which is this movement where you start in this hanging position you do a pull up and then pull your chest over your hands and then press to the top in a dip fashion um things that you need to things that are a prerequisite are like having strong wrists so that you can get the hook of your wrist on top of the rings cuz if you're if yeah. the ring is here in your palm it's not going to happen yeah, if you need it's false grip exactly yeah. you need the false, false grip pull-ups yeah. would be one part of that gotcha, progression okay. another thing that you could do is russian dips cuz it chases you a russian dip is where you have let's say your forearms on two boxes next to you or two bars and your body is hanging in between and then you roll over from being on your forearms to being on your wrist so you'll make this transition and then you can do a dip gotcha so that teaches you the transition Gotcha. So, like, those are the prerequisite moves to the muscle-up. And then once you have those down, then,
0: you know, eventually you get your muscle-up. That's probably what I should do because, like, I'll I'll skin the cat on the rings and then my elbows will hurt too much to do it again for mm-hmm. a week. And then I won't touch it again for a week. Like, yeah, I should probably just do that. Yeah, yeah. man, get those progressions down and then yeah.
1: focus on them. I always say, like, uh, it was one of these things that I learned from my my master in Brazil, the teacher that I wanted to go train with um i had like a ride to the airport with him on my way back to the u.s and like i don't know i mean like um there's all this language barrier and it's not like we got super tight but he was always super cool to me and really took me under his wing he saw my he appreciated my discipline and willingness to move down there and Mm -hmm. spend time and like i was an american but i was willing to live in this like i don't know not so great situation not very comfortable at least Mm -hmm. um so i had some time and i just wanted to like get whatever i could out of him squeeze whatever juice uh from my kid on my way home so I just asked him like hey you know you've seen me for 2 months what can I work on what do I need to work on you know give it to me honestly and he's like you know honestly like what I'm going to tell you is the same for everybody else just like always work on your basics mm. always work on your basics that's what that's the only reason you got good in the first place there's no next level the next level comes from having a better foundation mm. and like that sticks with me and I've you know after that time I've heard that from so many like strength coaches around the world. Always go back to your basics and then on the days that you feel really strong or you
0: think you got that new move, test yourself. See if you can push that line just mm-hmm. a little bit further. So with your training philosophy, are there is there like a set of basics?
1: Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, It's there's a lot of basics okay. and it's kind of relative to whatever type of movement you're trying uh-huh. to do. Um, in terms of, you know, if we're just talking general strength and general fitness and conditioning, there's generally certain types of movements that You want to understand um, movement patterns that I would consider fundamental. And I think a lot of people would agree. These are like simple things. The ideas of, uh, you know, bracing your spine, being able to hinge at your hips, like for a deadlift and Mm -hmm. keep a neutral spine, protecting your back. Um, Do you have these written down anywhere,
0: like in a blog post, like all your basic Uh, Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Something we're working on. Okay. That'd Uh, be a good thing. I would definitely reference that or like. Go back to that. Yeah, and that's something we're working
1: on, especially as Uh we do all our programming for this retreat we have Uh coming up in Costa Rica. Uh, We're putting all that to paper. But, uh, I mean, a few basic things that I always work on with my clients is, if we're talking upper body, uh, we look at pressing and pulling movements Mm -hmm. in different angles. We think vertically, horizontally, very basic. Um, Mm -hmm. Lower body, we're talking about hip hinging movements, leg drive movements. So leg drive would be your squat and lunges, Mm -hmm. those type of patterns. Um, when it comes to core work, always focusing on anti extension. So extension would be like, if you see me arch my back right now, that's extension working against that. So bracing into like a hollow body position Mm -hmm. and holding, that's an anti extension exercise and really good for you. Anti extension, uh, rotation, anti rotation. So, uh, I mean, those are fundamental things like get good at that, that stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually had a conversation with this guy the other day who was like, uh, like mostly manual labor in terms of his work. So he, um, worked at a restaurant, he worked as a cook, he worked like stocking or something like that, all stuff where he was physically moving the whole time. So, you know, he had good sense of his body. He can move well, um, and pretty strong, but he didn't work out and he was like intimidated by it. And he like, he really wanted to deadlift, but he was afraid to do yeah. it. I'm like, man, do it. Just, just do it. <laughs> like, I don't even like, I don't even want to give you too much information. I just want you to do it and figure it out. Don't put this wall up between yourself and fitness because that's what the fitness industry does they put up this wall and then they're the gatekeepers of the fitness you have to pay them to do it you can do it so um i just told him i'm like man here's three things that you're gonna do uh and this is gonna change your life number one look up pavel satsulin number two you're gonna deadlift number three you're gonna overhead press that's it and i gave him that homework Uh uh-huh and uh i don't know we'll see see if i ever meet him again (laughs) he's like jacked (laughs)
0: it's <laughs> cool. huge but yeah, uh, being able to do work with your body is so uh good for your nervous system I feel like like it just clears your mind and keeps you humble yeah and not crazy I think just sitting and working at a computer makes you nuts everybody absolutely yeah.
1: well I mean there's certain parts of our um brain that are specifically designed that well as far as movement goes they're the ones that are in charge of it these mm-hmm. parts of the brain things like the cerebellum Um, the issue is though that those same parts that control movement, they also control certain other parts of your mental processes. So like for me, what's been really, um, interesting to learn is things like, uh, people with ADHD, they oftentimes have, um, issues in their cerebellum, which, um, inhibits their ability to stay on task and focus. Hmm. But if you can increase, the function of your cerebellum through things like movement and complex movement, that not only works better, but it also helps your symptoms of ADHD. So do you think ADHD is a
0: real thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's... Or is it a movement deficiency or like people are just in the wrong physical, like social, societal structures? No. uh,
1: What I think it is is like it's more or less an imbalance in the brain in terms of... For people that have ADHD, it's generally they have problems with arousal. So for most people, mm-hmm. um, they can simply work on tasks um, because they have a steady flow of dopamine into um, the reward centers of their brain. For people with ADHD, they've generally found that their ability to um, use dopamine is restricted. So they're just mm-hmm. not interested. That's why we're bored, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't have dopamine coming in, we're really bored. So people with ADHD, they need to be inspired and when they are really inspired, they get a flush of dopamine, and that's the hyper-focus, hyper focus, um, hyper, well, hyper focus that people talk about, and I talk about all the time. Because yeah. if I'm in the zone, get the fuck out of my way, because yeah. I'm in the zone. Um, if I'm not into it, I might be a million miles away in my head.
0: Yeah. So that's why something like yoga can make it easier to write afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Because it or... brings you into your body,
1: bringing yourself into your body just kind of wakes up certain parts of your brain.
0: Yeah, I had an educational kinesiologist on my show, and she was talking about how when she has a kid with learning disabilities, she'll have him crawl, or mm. her crawl, because yeah. that helps sync up the hemispheres of the brain. Yeah. And a lot of kids who can't like keep keep their eyes on a sentence going left to right is because like they didn't crawl as a child, and they didn't yeah. get to develop that oh, interesting. Like hand movement. Yeah,
1: I've heard about some research that they did where they had um, kids doing complex movement patterns and crawling type stuff to hmm. improve their symptoms of dyslexia and hmm. they got amazing results from it.
0: Yeah. Crawling also feels really good. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> like people alligator crawl. crawling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think people just need to like really tap into their bodies a little more. They need to understand that there is no disconnection between the mind and brain and it too, like there's just certain things I'm, I'm going through a book right now. It's mm-hmm. called spark and it's all about brain chemistry um an exercise. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing because there's so many things that it Who's talks it by? about. Uh not Dale Archer.
0: I don't know. Okay. I remember the Arthur. Okay. I can look it up. I just remember someone told me about the book and I remember writing it down, but I forgot. Um it's worth checking out.
1: Let me pull pull it up right now. Um but it's amazing because like certain things that you realize it's just like everybody needs to be on this. Everyone needs to be on their exercise. Um John J. Rady. M.D.'s author. Um, And certain things like, you know, like for a long time in psychiatric fields, the way that they looked at the brain is that there are neurons and then you have them and then they die. Mm -hmm. And uh, we never really thought that they could be um, regenerated. But now we know that they actually can be regenerated. We Mm -hmm. have this thing called neurogenesis. And um, it's something that's very hard to achieve. And one of the best ways to achieve that and create new brain cells is through exercise. Actually, beyond exercise, it's a very hard thing to do. Hmm. So um, if you're not exercising and you're not getting some type of physical activity, like you're literally, your brain is deteriorating.
0: Hmm. It's interesting that the stereotype is like that nerds don't move their bodies. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: Well, it is that. Um, I think maybe it's a thing where like people are nerds because they're really into their one thing and... Um, that's a brainy thing. But I think we also look at the people that are super, super successful. And they were athletically successful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, they're really, really intelligent as well. But we don't attribute it just to intelligence yeah, as opposed to, like, all of their accomplishments.
0: Yeah. When someone's really good-looking, people don't want to think of them as being smart, too. Yeah. that's no. too many things. That's giving <laughs> them way too much power. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: so I, I uh, always end... My podcast this way, which is I always try to ask people uh, just for a little advice Um, because the people that I have on here, generally, they've lived a cool enough life that I think it's worth people hearing them talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just ask them, you know, if you could give people two to three things that they could do tomorrow to start making improvements and being
0: happier, being healthier, uh, what would you have people do? Mm. All right. I'm just uh, off the top of my head. I think like one is an exercise I give my clients a lot, especially when they got like a lot of monkey mind things going on, which is to spend two hours by yourself, not on electronics, following your feelings moment to moment, Mm. which is really hard. Two hours is a long ass time. When we think about it, that's your natural state. So two hours shouldn't be a big deal in your frigging life. And like, when is the last time you spent five minutes just like following your feelings without like input from people or the internet? Uh, so maybe not two hours, but spend some time by yourself. Like when I have writer's block, that's what I do. And then I feel, oh, yeah, takes a little pressure out. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, listen to podcasts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think I really think you learn more from podcasts. I, I think you learn more from stream of consciousness podcasts like this without an agenda mm-hmm. than you do from, like, here's this video that teaches you stuff. And I'm saying this as someone who makes of his income by selling those videos. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not harming my future business, but it really is the truth. I think you learn a lot. How, I'm trying to do more like free media like this because I think it's actually just as useful. Yeah, maybe not as directly. We you can't promise like a result from listening to us talk for an hour. But, sure, but, but uh, uh, I agree with you there because I think that's the way we listen. I think that's like how our brain processes. That's how we learn our mother language when we're kids. Right, listening exactly. to people talk. Yeah. Uh. That's all I got. Those are great. Follow your feelings. I could say like a bunch of other cliche stuff. Follow your bliss. Yeah. Quit your job. Or what? Well, I don't know. Maybe if you love your job. I don't know. I take that back. <laughs> but <laughs> do what you feel like doing. Oh, yeah. Actually, so I was just watching a lot of videos on 100, 100-year-olds, Centarians. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of them, they ate whatever they wanted. They're not like vegan or paleo or anything. Like they eat gluten whatever. Like mm-hmm. the things that actually seem to lead, lead to happy, healthy lives are being around fun people, uh, enjoying what you're doing, moving your body—they all worked until they were old, mm-hmm. and uh, doing what you enjoy. Like there's this one dude who's the—he actually lives in Austin. I, I want to get him. I want to get in touch with him. I don't know. Hopefully, he's still alive. Yeah, how do you get in touch with a hundred-year-old guy? He's—he's <laughs> yeah, still he's 111. Last I checked. Oh man. Uh, and he—he he fought in World War II. Anyway, he's been drinking uh, scotch and smoking cigars up until now, and. Uh, Throughout the video, he kept saying, like, yeah, I go to church because it makes me feel good. I smoke cigars because it makes me feel good. I hang out with my lady Franks. It makes me feel good. It's like, yeah, I guess if you feel good all the time, you're not going to die. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's a great guide. Just, like, follow what feels good. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah,
1: it's probably bad for your body and stuff. Oh, man. Well, this is super fun. I'm glad we got to hang out at the Springs and do this. Yeah. First time doing it outdoors in such a beautiful place. Yeah.
0: For my folks, do you want to mention the details of your, your retreat? Like when it is? Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, so
1: I mentioned it already, but we're going to be in Costa Rica from uh, December 9th through the 16th. We're going to go down there. I've got some amazing instructor, instructors. Uh, it's going to be an entire week of functional fitness training, a little bit of yoga, but only to the extent that it's like useful and you can use mm-hmm. it as a tool in your life. Some meditation. Um... We're going to be taking you through the jungle and teaching you how to climb around on trees and move through the environment. we got a bunch of cool things like ziplining and surfing, but mostly we're just going down to this beautiful place called Uvita and like showing you some of the beauty of uh, Costa Rica and at the same time creating some space for you to like figure out some tactics to get really, really helpful. So it's going to be happening uh, December 9th through the 16th. You can find us online. Uh, our website is viviendoinforma.com retreat.fitness and uh, wherever we post this we'll make sure that that link is, is available sweet yeah easy enough awesome. and then Ruan where mm-hmm. can people find you
0: ruando.com has all my shit cool yeah. and then we'll post links for everything yeah alright this has been sweet yeah this has great <laughs> thanks man yeah hey, thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io slash ruando see you next time